Hey. And you prefer to be called Piper or Rosie or Miss Lori? What, what's the what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> if you were my father, I'd say Miss Schmellendorf. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, call me uh, call me Rosie. That's fine. Is it really okay? We really haven't known each other well enough. No. Call me Rosie. The Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts is proud to present, present an official Apple podcast, Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, with me, Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And today we're excited to have on the show Piper Laurie, uh, an actress that has had a long, stellar career and performed in dozens of movies and television shows. And we're very happy to have her on today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Where are you? I'm in Reading, Connecticut. My brother is 20 minutes from here in Westport, Connecticut. Uh-huh. Yeah, have you ever performed at the Country Playhouse here? It's a renowned regional theater, Westport Country Playhouse? Yes, yes. You have? Oh. Yes, yes I did. It was not a good night. I was really <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the, the audience was great. It was in a big barn. Yes. Yeah, a yeah. barn. And the acoustics were difficult because it was very hot in the middle of the summer. And the air conditioning created this oh. wall between the stage and the audience. Yeah, and they... I remember thinking, oh my God, Paul Newman's out there and he can't. We both apprenticed there in our, you know, in high school. Yeah. We were both apprentices at the I was an usher and an apprentice. I painted sets. I ran around and did errands for the stars. Uh, and this was in 1966, I think. Yeah, uh, that's a, around that time, I was all, I, I parked cars as an usher and worked the concession stand. Uh, uh, that was a lot of fun for a 16-year-old. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. So, like all, you've had like all kinds of. You've performed like with so many people. Um, George Clooney, Tony Curtis, Paul Newman, Anthony Hopkins, it goes on and on and on. Um, do you have any favorite uh, films that was like the most rewarding for you to perform in? Gosh, you'd think by now I'd be able to answer that question. <laughs> it's, it's, there's so many, well, there's a, you have like over 175 credits on INDB, and what's International MDB, whatever it is. International Movie Database. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some of them fun to do and um, laughed a lot. And that's that's a wonderful, rewarding experience in life to get to laugh. What was the title of that? I'm sorry, I talked over you. Well, they were usually movies that were very heavy and horrible. That made me laugh the most. Oh, really? Not on camera. Yes. Yeah. So I always wonder, like, in a movie like Carrie, and this applies to any movie that I, I really don't, me personally, I don't like movies that about human evil. I, I don't mind monster movies like a stupid... No, I don't either. I don't either. How does that affect... Do you... Yeah, well, the question is, you're in it. I mean, you're in it and you're <laughs> every day. Does it affect you? I mean, is the, that kind of evil... Uh, no, in a, in a way, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Especially when I'm behaving badly. <laughs> when when the camera cuts, I just laugh. Yeah, you know, oh. Because it's it's like being a child again and you know, being the mad 
bad person, you know, being pretending to be evil. It's a very childlike experience. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Because I know as kids, yeah, you, we play. You know, you you be the bad guy, I'll be the good guy. I'll shoot you. You'll fall down. You know, there was yeah. all that kind of role yeah. playing. But exactly, it's different when you're playing someone who is psych in very deeply psychologically hmm. uh, affected, and and um, that 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 can be difficult. So on. The, your role is Carrie's mother. That was kind of she was like demented, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Am I describing that properly? Everything you can think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah, that's the, the role for me. I mean, everyone's probably got a favorite role. <laughs> but for me, like, well, I was growing, you know, seeing you in that. And um you 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 did that so well. Uh it really creeped me out. And uh <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. People want to know, is that easy to turn? You know, some, I mean, there's people like what Daniel Day-Lewis who apparently lives his roles 24 hours a day, you know, and he goes home as Lincoln and he wakes up as Lincoln and he plays Lincoln on the, but I mean, but other actors seem to, you know, say, oh, I just, I just turn a switch and it's gone. What's your. I, somewhere in between. Yeah. Because if it's a, if it's a really worthwhile character with interesting things to say or to be somebody as complex. I I start to, to create that in a very deep place when I first read the script and it stayed and the layers stay with me, even though I'm having life all mm -hmm. around. It's always there a little bit and grows and grows and is and is available to me when we're actually working and doing scenes. Um, and it's different. It's different from from play to play or movie to movie and, and depending on who you're working with. Some people you know won't tolerate that you're working actors you're working with just have to break out and you know chat and do stuff like that. Right. Um, if it's so, really intrusive I just don't answer them. Oh, well, right. yeah, I would think it would break the mood. I mean, at least when you're on set, I would think you'd want to be, but there's all these stories of like George Clooney or someone just clicking off and playing practical jokes and running around, and then he just turns the switch back on and he's whoever he is, but I don't know. Well, I was just thinking about a moment I had with George Clooney yeah. recently. Oh. Uh, I, was, I was playing his mother on... Um, the, the series that he was in. And um, that was supposed to be a running character for me, but the guy that was hired to play the, his father wanted more money. So, uh -huh. so they expanded that line of the story. This is on, on the, the hospital thing. Yeah, ER. Yeah. Um, so he and I had several nice scenes together. He took me to lunch in one scene. And, and then there was one, another, I was making dinner for he and Doctor, the other, the tall, yeah, tall the, fellow, one other guy. Doctor. I can't think of his name either. Yeah. Uh, I am at that place where I do not remember names. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. We're obviously. there. We're all in the same. <laughs> we, we were doing a scene in the kitchen, my kitchen, my character's kitchen, yeah. and I. And the prop people want to know what I want to do. I said, well, get a lot of green beans because I can just keep 
breaking off the ends and I won't make a lot of sound or anything. Right. And so we had this, we did the scene and I kept breaking the, the ends of the green beads off and kept breaking them. And I wondered when Dr. That wonderful actor was going to see his line. So I kept breaking the beans and it, got, it must have gone on for, I don't know how long. Finally, George said, Piper, oh, is there a problem? Was there a problem with the director? And no, no, why? They said, well, apparently I, they had said action and I didn't hear it. It was, it was the beginning of not oh, hearing it. So, okay. And so I, I didn't hear, they thought, they said, oh, we thought we were preparing some special actor's studio preparation <laughs> for your moment. And so I was standing there for 20 minutes breaking beans. Method acting or bean yeah. cutting. Yeah, you know, you know, he was, he was terrific. Noah Wiley was the other actor, right? Oh, Noah no. Wiley from ER. Was he, was he Dr. Dreamy or something? Wasn't there a Dr. Dreamy? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was tall and slender and it was also yeah. in the episode so yeah so, so, so after um carrie you you were in three other films with sissy space do you think that happened because of carrie and they just thought that's a good combo yeah <laughs> i mean well, how did or is that just coincidental yeah. it was coincidental but also because uh the director was a friend of mine it was uh, let's see, what was the first one I did with her? Um, the Grass Harp. Hmm. Yes, and instead of playing her mother, I was playing her sister. And I got to play the nice sister and she got to be the evil one. So that, that was just because it, they were good roles and it was, made sense. But after that, I, I did a very small part in a... In a television show um and i did it really because it was i because sissy was in it and i thought it'd be nice to see her again hmm. it, it wasn't much of a part yeah it was terrific in it but, <laughs> but it was fun to be there so you you were also in twin peaks that was one of my favorite oh, yeah. seasons back when that happened yes i was yeah. that, what, what, what role did you what were you what role did you play in that um well, she had a lot of names, oh. but the one that I remember the most um, was my character. Um, when we broke for the, the end of the first season, um, the director, the famous director, mm. Paul Coleman said, Rosie, we're going to make the audience think that you've disappeared or maybe died at the end of the season. And um, I want you to think about what sort of character you would like to come back as. as you'll be disguised as a man, <laughs> instead of man, and get into the town and create a lot of problems for people. And it, it would be my original character who's doing this. So okay. I, was a, I had a summer in which I just would suddenly burst out laughing and think, <laughs> you know, what, what, what sort of person I would be, what I could do. <laughs> They were leaving it up to you to, to be the, to decide who that person was. It was wonderful. So it was uh, David Lynch, right? Yeah. Yes, David Lynch. And um, so I was off doing a play, and I kept thinking about what character I would be, and I thought, well, I guess I'll be um, 
a Japanese businessman. <laughs> and, and that does it sounds sort of cliche right now, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. And so when it was time to go to work, they would pick me up at my home in a separate car. So no one would even know where I was going to a, a private makeup company, oh. not at the studio. And they would get this, I'd spend three hours getting really? into my, my Japanese businessman look. And um, even the driver of the car didn't know that, that it was me. And they dropped me at the studio and I all day long, I would be as, as the guy and uh, I had the most wonderful time. It was very difficult because I couldn't laugh when funny, funny things happened. Uh. And I gather that uh, at first I was a mystery to the rest of the cast, but after a while um, they started thinking about who I could possibly be. Somebody thought I was Isabella Rossellini. Oh, they really didn't know who was behind the makeup. They didn't Not, know. It was obviously heavy makeup. Yeah, so yeah. Behind yeah. It. And uh, I never did give it away. Um, it, well, was, it, was, it was a wonderful experience. I, I had to Google that because I said, I, got, I can't imagine you like that transformation. It's, it was amazing. Makes it be seen. Did you? Yeah, no, I didn't look. I will, I will find it and search it. In yeah, it's like you can't sell, you know, the makeup so good. Yeah. So did you do you have any better insight into Twin Peaks than the rest of us? I mean, what what the hell was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> it was a wonderful show. I mean, it was so compelling. I, I watched yeah, all of super it. Super compelling. People I, you know, Laura. It. Yes, it had this this very active imagination behind it in, in every department. And um the music, the music was mm. And very original at the time. Since then, a lot of shows have tried to copy it. Yeah. Um, and you know, we never knew. We never knew what David's mind was going to produce. Um, it was. It was fun. It was, it was a sensation. Cat. It was fun. Oh, yeah. okay. well, it was a. It was a sensation and I guess you know I guess maybe you don't really have to know like you know they tell us you know actors need to know well they guess they don't need to know that they're gonna we don't know when we're gonna die so why should an actor know when their character is gonna die really right? <laughs> I'll remember that <laughs> but how I mean another little connection we have Paul Newman uh, I know his, we know his daughter very well and um, he lived in our town um, until he died, and, and uh, Joanne Woodward's still with us, but she's, you know, whatever, she's, uh, has challenges, but um, what's it like, is, is Hollywood, you were part of sort of the Hollywood royalty, is it different now, the young stars today, I mean, how do you, do you find them as easy to work with, as generous as whatever, or they, you know, who, who not to, put anyone down, but who, let's say put on the positive side, who was one of the, Paul Newman, Tony Curtis, Rock Hudson, I mean, were they a cut above like actors today in a way or? I don't know if I'm the person to ask that. <laughs> Certainly Paul Newman was. Yeah. And George C. Scott. Oh, George C. Scott. And Jack Lemmon. 
Mm. Yeah. And we yeah. interviewed his son, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, Christopher. Yeah. We we interviewed Christopher I Lennon. Yeah. Regret that I, I, I was, I was doing a play in New York at the Manhattan Theater Club, and the director gave me the privilege of sitting in on the, the readings, the, the auditions of the man who was going to play opposite me. It was a very creepy position to be in. I really didn't want to be, but. And I remember um, Jack Lemon's son was one of the people who auditioned for the part. And mm -hmm. I always regretted that I didn't pick him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would have been fun to do. So I'm going to get into some like juicy gossip uh, material, <laughs> like, but, but you put it in your memoir. So, I'm you know. <laughs> okay. So you, you have a relationship with Ronald Reagan and like it says, uh, he, uh, uh, he was 40, you were your, in your teens. And one comment, which I just actually saw today when I was re-looking at stuff, it says, you said he was a show-off in bed. What did, what did you mean by that? <laughs> well, you know, I was talking with a friend yesterday, as a matter of fact, thing, saying, I wish I hadn't been quite so explicit in my book uh, yeah. about, that, about that event. Uh, I think I could have it, it would have been okay to not tell so much. I, um, well, the, the fact that he was a show off that that would have remained. He was, you know, I was eighteen, oh. and he was, however old he was, and he he was experienced, and he was proud to be experienced and. <laughs> Just... You think, was he taken with him? I mean, most actors those days, were they narcissists? I mean, were they all involved with themselves? Or do you uh, feel... A little bit, a little bit, yeah. 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 Guess... Was he a nice person? <laughs> he was very nice. Yeah. You know, he, um, I mean, it, well, he's a really good person. I have no idea. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or maybe I do. But, <laughs> but uh, he was extremely pleasant and helpful on the set. And it was my first movie. I was scared. Oh. Remember, we all got together, the whole cast, before we started to shoot. Universal was always good at tie-ins with commercial stuff to help sell the movies, in, in, at least in those days. So they had this tie-in with <laughs> raincoats. And so we all had to what? fit Why? a raincoat. <laughs> raincoats? Like it's just a garment? Like you're was that part of the movie? Yeah, like was there a rain scene or something? We'll all have our picture taken wearing these wonderful raincoats. Fashionable raincoats, like Burberry yeah. or what were they? Yeah. I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember. Well, that's, no. that's pretty funny. Blaster fisherman. And that was the first day that I met him. The whole cast, the mother and the father, the grandmother and the suitors and my boyfriend and and Mr. Reagan. Hmm. And that was the first day we met. He was very, very polite and very formal, but very warm and took my hand and and I was going to say kissed him. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it felt a little as the way he took it, and he and he held it mm. a little bit longer than he should have. Mm. Very charming. <laughs> no, yeah, it was very charming. Yeah. So I was extremely surprised when we finished the movie, and we were all 
asked to do a radio version of the movie, which was the current thing they that oh. they've been doing for years. And so we we all got together in a theater in Hollywood and and for the audience did a radio version. The movie had been out already. And, um, and after we were finished, everyone was going and Mr. Reagan came over. He said, oh, Piper, uh, would you like to go and have a bite to eat? And I assumed he meant the whole group of us. And I mm -hmm. said, oh, that would be nice. Uh, I, I'll have to go and ask my mother. My mother, my mother, <laughs> oh, always took me to work and sat in the car outside. So, um, he, and he looked a little, I don't know how he looked, but, I, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he didn't expect that. Yeah. But he came along with me to the parking lot. And I uh, remember my mother rolled down the window and looking, to me, she looked embarrassed. You know, she was so shocked to see Mr. Reagan, Mr. Ronnie mm -hmm. Reagan out there at, outside her car. And she was trying to look dignified and together. <laughs> and he said, well, would you mind if I took Piper to have a bite to eat? And um, she, I could see she was really holding herself together, very impressed to see Ronald Reagan. Oh. And she said, as coolly as she could, oh, yes, that, that would be fine as long as you drive safely. <laughs> Come home at a decent hour. <laughs> yes, yes. So he said, oh, yes, yes, yes. And so I waved goodbye to my mom, and we walked over the parking lot to where his car was. And I got in. And this is where I really must take responsibility for myself in a way, I decided myself, I knew what was up. I really did. When he you knew where it was me, going. <laughs> and, and he said, but, and he started the car and then he stopped for a moment. And they looked and he said, Piper, oh, would you, how would you feel if I, if I made dinner at my apartment? And he said it as coolly, as casually as he could. But I knew, I would, you know, I'd read a lot of plays. I'd done a lot of reading of books. Mm. And um, even though I was I was an 18 year old and playing naive all the time, I I had a pretty guy that good idea of what was happening, and I picked him. I thought this would will be my first love affair, mm. oh. and um, yeah. and that's what it was. It didn't all go as I would have liked. I I imagined it would be a little like you know things I'd seen in the movies. Sure, or yeah. Into the movies, and uh, but it it wasn't quite. It was in some ways, but not in others. And, but it uh, continued for a while, right? The relationship. Uh, it did. It did, and they they sent us out on a tour uh, to sell the movie, and they got me a chaperone because my mother insisted on it, and. Um, Better late than never, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we were in Chicago. Uh, played the movie at uh, the Chicago Theater. And they put us up at a fancy hotel with a lot of the press of the, the press people from Universal were there. And um, there was, and one night he, he said, we were breaking up this meeting in this room. And he said, I'll, I'll escort Miss Laurie to her room or Piper to her room. I was, I was still Piper. 
Um, and we got to the door and he said, uh, can I come in? I said, no, I, I would rather not. But why don't we take a walk instead? And um, was, that was a growing up experience for me. And I was, and I think about, I was proud of myself. So we took a long walk around the, uh, the hotel and, uh, And uh, it was interesting because in my, I said, well, I'm seeing someone else now. That was sort of true, but not really. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he, I tried to explain to him that I was very proud that he had been my first lover. And he looked absolutely stunned. He really didn't know. Oh. oh. Did that your parents means, did your parents know about the relationship? No, I never discussed. Uh, yeah. No. No. Okay. Oh. So, so you know, in those days, you know, I no, I you I never would have. Right, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so your I, name so your they, original name, your birth name is Rosetta Jacobs, and you changed it to Piper Laurie. I have a few questions there. One is where'd you come up with that? That's such an unusual name, Piper. Um, it seems like that should have a comeback now. <laughs> that, you know, with kids, people naming their babies. It's a cool name. And, and uh, but then at some point I read that uh, you felt like maybe it prevented you from getting some roles. Is, and why is that? Because it's such an unusual name? Well, uh, it, it wasn't just the name. It was the work that I'd been doing I, and allowed to do it while I was under contract. I mean, I was this, sold at this cute little, nothing you know and uh, it took six years of enduring all that junk that i was forced to do and i was too young to understand i had power hmm. that i could have used and i didn't know i didn't know that and i didn't know how, how to do it um did your parents ever intervene and, and say meet with like you know producers and in behalf of you since you were so young to say like you know whatever the case we want more money or we want this or we have an, an issue we want to discuss with you but that was an agent manager's you know job right yes yes um I, i'm i'm trying to think what point i was trying to make um what was your, what, tell me, what was your question again? Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. My, my, what was my question, Makes <laughs> well, was it really, if it was anyone there, your parents or anyone to sort of guide you, guide your career, you were making these decisions, you know, on your own. I mean, you were kind of thrown into this, yeah. you know, uh, notoriety and, 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 and introduced to famous people. And, you know, you didn't know how things worked, but was there anyone there to, to, to lean on? You couldn't tell your parents, you couldn't, tell them everything but who who was there to was there anyone there to guide you there wasn't really and because uh, sexuality was very much hidden and to be hidden in those days uh there was no one really that i would have shared my experience with mm. for years and years yeah. uh, they did hire a woman a wonderful woman to be my chaperone on the trips that they'd send me on. And she was a, a good person and she was honest and she, she took good care of me. But I never would have 
confided in my mm. personal life in, with her. Um, it was, sex was very quiet. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, look at even Mark Hudson. I mean, it wasn't until he, after he died that people even understood what. what... Well, you know, you, you, um, you imagine and you talk about things, but, you know, it wasn't really yeah. spoken about out loud, you know. So you took a break from show business to, to be involved in the civil rights movement. Was that, is that, was that very, did you get, did somebody kind of, you know, persuade you that that was the thing to do or you just were well, drawn into it? it? It, it really started with after six years and I found myself engaged somebody I didn't love who was perfect, was a rich millionaire and mm. um, handsome and all that. And, and I just, in one, one moment, I just decided I'm not getting married to him. I'm breaking my contract with the studio. I'm throwing this script that they sent me last night into the fireplace. Oh, wow. And I'm never going to work again as an actor unless I'm never going to do it again. Mm. And they put, send me to jail or, or whatever. And... Uh, I finally got my agent to break my contract, and uh, once, and I left home in the same in the same week. I left home. I broke my engagement. I broke my contract, and then I, and I got my uh, my own apartment. And in a very short time, I decided to go to New York. Uh, everyone said, "Oh no, no, you don't go to New York, you know, by yourself, and you don't audition for plays." And I, but that's exactly what I did. And it was during that period that um, that I began to look at the world for the first time and read newspapers. And I decided it was um, time to to be a part of the world. Hmm. Yeah. So you had. You were involved in sort of social justice issues. I mean, you were act, an activist. Would you call uh, yourself an activist? I wouldn't call myself a, re a real out-and-out -out activist, but I certainly did my part and made my feelings known. Mm. That was a you, bold, pretty bold move. For yeah. Mm. So you're also you do sculptures, right? You're a sculptor, a sculptress. Yeah. I used to go. I, I was a an art an art student when I was a child. I was oh. sort of the big institute here in LA. And uh, it's always been a part of my life. And so when I was in New York, I, I went to the Art Students League and took a, a refresher life drawing class and um, took a walk one day down the hallway and discovered the sculpture class. Well, uh, I'd never seen people work with stone marble before. And I fell in love with it that day and um, joined the class and got my husband to take me downtown. They got a huge piece of marble and wow. uh, we almost broke down the car, but <laughs> we got it. And I was delivered to the Art Students League and put on my pedestal. And, and I worked on it for eight months every day, no power tools, wow. just, just my hands and arms sure. and shoulders. And, and my mind and my emotions. And it was, and I fell in love with it. It was uh, every day for eight months. 
all day long. I stayed for three classes in a row and they had to throw me out actually when it got too dark at night. And, um, and so I, I um, finished a piece and, um, and then I did another and another and then I got married and went to live in Woodstock in upstate New York mm. and worked for 15 years as an actor. Yeah. Or, or anything else. I would yeah. <laughs> Up in Woodstock. Yeah. 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 Uh, for a while, I lived in Manhattan. And then we eventually bought a little house in Woodstock. So I hadn't made a movie in 15 years when I got this phone call from my old agent. She wasn't an old lady. She was just <laughs> <laughs> an old agent. <laughs> she was. My old, my previous agent. Yeah, right. A long time. And, um, and said, "I have a script for you. Uh, it's not an offer, but take a look at it and tell me if you're interested at all." And so she sent me this thing, and I read it, and I couldn't make sense of it. And I, I, um, it was called Carrie, mm -hmm. and um, I, I told my husband, "I." You know, it's really weird. Um, he said, well, you know, De Palma has a comedic approach to his work. I said, oh, well, maybe I've just misread it. <laughs> oh, yes. So I read it again and I thought, oh, oh I see how funny it can be. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and the things that I can do that make it funny. And, mm. and uh, eventually when I ended up rehearsing, I, I found that some of the things that I, I had planned to do that. I thought would give a good laugh. The problem was that, oh, Piper, you can't do that. You're going to get a laugh. And I thought, oh, oh. oh God, we, what have I gotten myself into? And um, well, yeah, so over the top, I guess you could. See one of the write-ups I was I read on it, someone they considered it a horror film and a comedy. And when I saw it in my twenties, I didn't. I mean, it was a dark comedy and it's because oh. it was so over the top in so many ways. And that way, I guess it was a comedy, but, you know, in a very strange way, you know. Yes, well, I'm glad to hear that because in, I tried to keep some of the things that I thought I might do in mm. and I got to. I, yeah. I, like when I, it was written that she tears at her hair with a mother, you know, and she's uh, very upset. So I did it over the top, just big, just mm. too much. And I, I hope to get a laugh. And I, <laughs> and during the rehearsals, Brian De Palma said, oh, Piper, you can't do that. You're getting a laugh, you know. <laughs> and so I ended up doing it anyway. And, he, and they he kept it in. He was fine. Yeah. He was actually wonderful. And it all worked. Yeah, it, it needed that, I think, uh, a little bit of. Uh... Fun, making yeah, fun of itself. a little bit over the top, bizarre behavior. I well, must say, those 10 days of working on that movie were I had the most fun I had ever had mm. in the movie before. It was just great. Yeah, as I, it's, it's, I guess it's a whole different experience because you know, you know, we're just seeing what we see. I mean, were you, were you on set when like, she gets covered in blood? I mean, the mother wasn't there, but in the scene, but. Yeah, I remember um, that piles of the, they put have a bucket of blood on a door or, yeah. or on the ceiling and they poured it on her. I didn't actually see that shopping. Oh, yeah. 
But I was off, I guess, having my makeup taken off or something on the same, same uh, mm -hmm. south stage while they were shooting some other insert with Sissy. Yeah. With, I think experimenting with eyes, putting something in her eyes to look weird. Well, we're just, I, anything else? You, you you have one directing credit. Uh, do you want to talk about your directing credit for uh, or, or any other upcoming? Uh, what's your latest movie? Is The Promise or no? What uh, there's? Do you have a movie that's? Uh, oh, Snapshots. Is it? Is that your latest release? Yeah, your... last one I did, and I I'm reading something now that yeah might be might be the next one. Oh, so if I'm if I'm around, so you're still in I, it. Well, that's but, good. But I'm, I'm not planning a trip into space. <laughs> you know, what, what you, Shatner's got your beat because he's 90. So. <laughs> I've got that coming next, next, not next, in January. Oh, 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 what day? Well, I'm a January. I'm a Capricorn. Are you a Capricorn? Yeah. No, I'm Aquarius. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm January 5th. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll be going into space as well. You could if you wanted to, <laughs> and, yeah. you had the, and you had the money to buy the tickets. <laughs> well, such a pleasure. Um, yeah. You know, I consider you Hollywood royalty and were three-time Oscar nominee and uh, an Emmy. You won an Emmy for The Promise, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I really enjoyed being with you too. Thank you. I got one more question. Oh yeah, okay. You might not have time on the show for it, but yeah, go ahead. So I've always noticed, and I'm sure you people, you have a very distinct uh, way of speaking. Um, what's it, elocution? Mm. And mm -hmm. you, you don't know. Like that seems like when I think of you, I think of this, and I can't describe it. I don't know how to put adjectives around it. Mix, don't you agree that does it like the way yeah you you, t you sound like you're you're it's almost like a like a refined like a, a an Americanized British yes it's proper it's kind of very yeah I mean it's very educated but proper but yeah edu uh, well you are educated and proper, <laughs> proper but, but no <laughs> yeah. vocal quality did, do you have a vocal coach or did you do you in the you know, in our late teens, early 20s, especially if you're under contract with a studio, they made sure you worked with them, with mm. the speech teacher if you needed it. I remember there was always a battle with Tony Curtis because he never wanted to go to his classes. <laughs> he <No. might> <laughs> but no, no, they, I was aware of that for a certain period of time because I was not a non-speaker to begin with. So at first I learned to get words out, and then I learned how to pronounce them, or at least try to, under duress, emotional duress in a, in a scene. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's just because you're a professional, and, and most of us slur over words and don't, pr yeah. don't pronounce them very crisply, and, and you enunciate every word very clearly, and it's, 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 it's uh, a very uh, it, it appealing. It's distinctive you know. as well. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, not that our opinion matters but thank you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> yeah, thanks. thank you okay bye now bye, bye. bye.